Welcome to the Debunking Your Growth Mindset podcast with Sean McCambridge. In this podcast, we will unpack practical ways to help you grow and build on your current mindset and challenge old habits so you can see the potential that's within us all and learn how to get out of your own way. So uh, we're now transitioning into uh, part B of the episode with Clarissa Johnson and Veronica Colley. Uh, if you haven't listened to part A already, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that first. But in part B, there's some equally impressive and insightful aspects that we cover on that. I uh, really hope you enjoy. And if you do, feel free to share on to anyone else that might enjoy also. Veronica, I'm keen to get your take on how did you get your school on board? Like <laughs> often, you know, people are somewhat reluctant to change and all the rest. So I'd be interested to understand your journey around how did you pitch that to the school and schools? Uh, was it uh, you, you guys sort of being able to sort of demonstrate the validity of the program or the research or what was it? So mm-hmm. how did you go on that uh, that sort of uh, proposition? Look, I think when we got out of our own way because <laughs> we were very um, – are we crossing a line? Like, yep. what do we do? We're just teachers sort of thing. Um, so I think once we got out of our own way, it was a lot easier. So Clarissa and I um denied a lot about how to do it and whether to even bother doing it. But we were lucky enough that the school was up for a behavior review. And so as part of this process, they were discussing what they could do to improve the behavior management system, I suppose, student well-being. and student well-being. So we then had a conversation and said, look, a lot of the topics that you're talking about in this review are topics that we have put into our resource. So then they took it along to a committee meeting and they saw the obvious results that we had seen in our classrooms over the last couple of years, not to mention the countless emails that admin were receiving from parents that we had um mm taught, like the kids we've taught, their parents were sending emails just raving about the language and the improved well-being of the kids, and which was really powerful for admin to see that coming from parents off their own bat. Um, and we were also lucky enough that one of the team members was not only a teacher here, but she was the parent of one of our past students a couple of years ago. So she saw firsthand mm. the massive and significant change in her child. Mm. So she advocated for the program and she was a massive supporter. And we were lucky enough they decided that the whole school needed to be consistent and the mm. whole school was going to be on board with Talk to Your Brain and now it's throughout our whole school and it's mm. a compulsory program. So Yep. And now we, yeah. we walk across the, the playground and we've got kids in grade three <laughs> who are talking about yeah. it and coming up to us and talking about it. And yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. No, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I think yeah. that's uh, brought a big smile to my face just listening to you talk about that uh, and, yeah. and sort of thinking, how do my kids get exposure to this? So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. awesome. So, I mean, uh, again, maybe Veronica, what results are you seeing thus far from the work you're doing uh, other than the, the stuff we've already talked about? Yeah, is there any other sort of feedback you can share in that regard? Uh, I think this year in particular, I've seen a lot of changes in the language and the effort. I've got a class that really like to do well. And so their effort in the classroom at the start of the year, like they put the effort in, but they'd also become very frustrated when they weren't getting the high marks that they wanted. Mm. So I think seeing a massive change in their attitude towards their learning has been a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually halfway through parent-teacher interviews at the moment and eight out of ten of them have commented on a change coming home with the kids. Um, so one of the one of my little girls is leaving at the end of this year to go to another school for her 
I guess, senior years. Um, and she said that at the start of the year, she hated the idea. There was nothing positive about it. She didn't want a bar of it. I'm not leaving. I don't want to go. Um, but now she's like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this and I'm focusing on this and I'm shifting my focus to look at the positives. And I think that is major major success as far as I'm concerned and um, one of the other parents said that they went four-wheel driving for the first time last weekend I think it was and they got bogged and the mum was becoming incredibly frustrated because they couldn't (laughs) get out of the stand and the child said mum you're not being very helpful you've got a fixed mindset if you have a growth mindset you might be able to figure out how to get us out of here (laughs) (laughs) so I think I think the the fact that parents are noticing a change at home is is a, a massive thing, really. It speaks volumes. It speaks it? volumes. Yeah. And I mean, I got a card delivered to my classroom a few weeks ago from a child I taught a couple of years ago, and all it said was, Miss Collie, thank you for teaching me that, or making me believe that I can achieve anything I want. And I went, Oh, my job is done. Like, that is what I want for these kids. I yeah. want them to believe that they can do what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. So, congratulations mm. and great work there, um, uh, Clarissa. Can you mm. share a little bit uh, about the books that you've authored, authored, uh, and how they come about, and who might benefit from these books? So, two books, as I understand it: uh, "Hello Brain" and "Talk to Your Brain." Is that right? Yep. "Hello Brain" came about after I decided that I needed to oh, figure out how to do something differently with my kids and how to change their self-talk because. I was, yeah, I was getting a bit frustrated with figuring out, trying to figure out how to, how to help my kids. And, um, you know, I kind of sat on this, the idea of writing a book. I'd thought about it for a couple of years. And then, you know, I had to get past the belief, the limiting belief that, oh, you know, I'm just a teacher and I, you know, can't do anything else. So once I got past that, um, I created the book and it, is a book that has six social stories in it. So the social stories are things that um, kids and parents and teachers or kids experience um, in a school and social setting. So the book is great for parents and teachers. And really the idea behind it is that we can talk to our brains, we actually we can actually tell it what we want to say, what we want to think, and we can choose what we focus on because really we're not really in control of anything in this world apart from (laughs) our our own thoughts and our own words and our actions. So this book is perfect for any child aged between 3 and 11. So it's for parents and teachers who – the idea behind it is for parents and teachers to read it with their kids and – it's a great way to open up lines of discussion and to talk about, you know, what the kids are experiencing and then how to actually change that. Um, and it's great. My Even my 10-year-olds love it, so that makes me very happy. They ask for it as well. So, um, yeah, it's a really fantastic book. And even if I do say so myself. <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> of course. I will back you on that one. It is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great for parents and teachers um, alike. Talk to Your Brain, uh, Veronica and I co-wrote that and um, it came out, It came about as a result of Hello Brain and I kind of had this idea of a teaching resource. I didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, but when we did the research and we realised that explicitly teaching, um, you know, these strategies to kids made such a big difference, uh, when we went looking, like I said earlier, we, we went looking and there's so much stuff out there. You know, there's um, things like Big Life Journal for you know, parents at home and things like that, but there was nothing specific for 
teachers and we spend a good part of the day with these kids and, you know, we we underestimate the power that we have with the time that we have with these little ones. And so that's how this was created. And we absolutely, we're so proud of it. It's our baby. We absolutely are firm believers that every school needs this book because for us, it's not just in our classroom. Like we can make an impact in our classroom, but this is so much bigger than us. And it really, if we can reach more teachers and you know, I mean, we've got a few parents who actually use it at mm. home, but if we can reach more teachers to reach more kids, then, you know, that's really what we're what we're hoping for. But every teacher from prep to year six benefits from this book. It's, you know, the, the conversations are different from year to year because obviously they're a different level and they've got different experiences. But from prep to six, every every classroom benefits from this book. And if we want to teach emotional intelligence and improve student well-being, ideally, schools need to take it on as a whole program because like anything schools do, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If everyone is speaking the same language, you're going to have growth and impact. So, yeah, we need schools to get this. So we, need, we need this in schools because the more results we see, it's bigger than us. It is. It's, yeah. so, it's so much bigger than us. And, you know, when you talk about the anxiety, depression, suicide rates, I mean, this stuff is the stuff that just – yeah, that's the stuff that gets me. And I'm like, there is a solution. You know, there's a way that we can improve this so significantly if only we could, you know, get our voice out there and, and teach people that there is a way that we can do things better for our kids. Yeah. Uh, well, I can tell the passion, which is awesome. And I think we're going to talk a bit about uh, the school curriculums both now and maybe what they could be in the future. So maybe that sort of talks to yeah. some of that and getting the consistency of language and mm. all that sort of stuff out there. So we, we, we touched uh, uh, earlier uh, around the power of language and, you know, mm-hmm. subtle changes. And, and I think that the context we use or the word we use was the power of the word yet. So, yeah. Verona, can you can share anything in terms of, A, you know, the, the power of language and also mm-hmm. the power of that word yet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Clarissa was saying before, language is so powerful and we teach our kids that your words have power, whether the power is about like, goes to themselves or whether it's power on the people around them, their mm. peers, their parents, their family, their teachers, the words they use and the language that, they throw around that leaves a mark and they can either they have the power to build us up or break us down so we need to be mindful of the words we use but um the power of yet does sound a bit foo-foo <laughs> um, Clarissa loves the word foo-foo um but it really is powerful we have kids as young as prep I haven't been in a childcare center for a few years but I'm sure they're in there too saying I can't do it I can't do it mm. But the more they say it, the more they're going to believe that they can't do it. And unfortunately, I can't is a word and a phrase that's thrown around so flippantly. Mm. And um, I know I say it as an adult too. I'm trying to break that habit, but 30 years is ingrained in me. Um, (laughs) So we teach the kids about the power of persistence and you can't get everything straight away. I know Clarice used the analogy before I was going to use about a um, baby Baby. learning to walk and if it kept falling down and if it just threw its hands up and said, I can't do it, then, you know, the world's going to be a pretty funny place. And the kids do find it quite funny because they imagine a world where adults are crawling around on all fours (laughs) to get places because they just gave up when they couldn't walk. Um, So they do find it funny, but then they also see the power in it 
So whenever they realize that there's something that's challenging, um, following it up with the word yet empowers them to believe that they'll get there eventually. And it's quite funny now with my class, I always used to have to be the one saying yet, yet, yet on the end of their sentences. But now I kind of just look at them and they rephrase it themselves. Mm. I don't have to say anything because they know, they know they need to change their language. Or they pick you up on it. They pick me up on it. If I say, oh, I can't do that, my kids will pick me up on it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Can't do it yet. I'm working towards it. Yep. Yeah, so. No, I love mm. that. And I think uh, the the mutual person we both know and Naomi Armitage, I think she talked about the fact that uh, I think her little daughter was quick to sort of correct her around the fact that she might <laughs> yeah. have said, you know, uh, unconsciously, oh, I can't or something like that. She goes, no, 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 yeah. Naomi, I can't yet, you know. So, yes. again, yeah. once you sort of get uh, that feedback loop from the kids back to the parents, it's sort of uh, it's coming at it from a few different angles. So I, I really love that, um, which is cool. Mm. So, Clarissa, there's been a lot of chatter and talk around the impact uh, of social media having on our kids' mindsets, resilience, uh, and some of the downstream impacts uh, um, that that's having in a negative sort of fashion. So mm-hmm. is there any tips or tricks you can share to us as parents around how we can sort of use devices as a tool for good and not for bad? Any insights you can share in that mm-hmm. regard? Um, I hope so. Um <laughs> Neither of us actually have a lot to do with social media. And like you said, like your daughter's 10, so same age as the kids we teach, and it, it, they are right on the cusp. Um, however, I think that if kids are not equipped with the tools to cope or to problem solve effectively in the real world, then they're not equipped to problem solve or cope or manage effectively in an online world. So before they even get to an online presence, I think they need to know who they are as a person and already have that self-worth and self-love. And I know that it's difficult in today's society because social media is social media and, you know, it is everywhere for kids. But I think it's having that mindset and resilience base before they even get on there. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they really need the skills and tools before they – before they head online so that they know when issues arise because, you know, I know that there's a lot of cyber bullying and all that, all of those kind of things happening, that they know how to manage it more effectively. I think it's really easy to forget the level of danger regarding social media. Um, but oh, my opinion is that parents possibly need to be um, it's just my opinion, possibly need to be more vigilant and more aware of what their kids are doing online. My kids will talk about stuff um, about what they're gaming online and that they're in a chat box. They don't know who they're chatting to sometimes. So I think it's just, you know, kids are so savvy with technology, um, more than I am, more than we ever were, obviously didn't have it growing up. But um, so I think it's our responsibility as adults, as parents and as teachers to help them um, to develop the skills before they even get online. I, I don't know if I've got any particular tips that might help parents but I think it's just really being aware and mm. and educating yourself as an adult mm. and educating your kids at the same time I think you need to be on the journey together in terms of social media in order to support um, you know the mindset resilience when they get into the online presence yeah I, I think that's a great answer in the sense that uh the social world only exacerbates the real world. So if you've got the tools mm. and techniques and the foundation in place in the real world, that will be yeah. enable you to navigate the social world. So I think it's a good answer. But, yeah, it's interesting that you sort of say uh, being aware and across perhaps what's going on 
in that uh, online environment. Uh, we had dinner the other night with some friends and they stumbled across uh, some chat that was going on within the game fortnight between their son and mm. someone else from school and it, it mm. blew me away as nine, mm. nine and 10-year-olds, I'm not going to repeat it, some of the, the, the chat that was being exchanged, particularly from the mm. other individual, not so much. Yeah. Our friend's son, it just blew me away. So, yeah, yep. you could easily just, you know, maybe turn a blind eye or be unaware of that, but uh, mm. pretty profound some of the language that was being used in that environment. So I think that's a great answer as well to the responsibility mm. around parents to be across what, what, what they're doing online as well. Mm. So this is something that I'm really, really passionate about and I think we sort of almost went there before. So I believe that uh, growth mindset uh, should be a standard part of any curriculum and any mm. school, and it should be a daily thing. And, uh, you know, I think uh, there's just so much upside if we were to integrate that in terms of the curriculum at all levels. I'm sure you, you ladies will agree. Um, yep. <laughs> so is there, is there anywhere in the world where this is the new norm? And if so, is there any sort of material results that you can share around the upside of that being part of a curriculum? As for around the world? To be honest, uh, I'm not sure. When not that we, we're aware of. Not that yeah. we're aware of. So when, when we wrote our research paper, we went looking for data yep. and we went looking for other research. And apart from Carol Dweck's work on yep. mindset, mm -hmm. we couldn't actually find anything at all to show what other people were doing and the possible outcomes of those. We knew that, I mean, there must be people out in the world who are doing this kind of stuff, you know, and there is a lot of information out there. And we know we have things like Big Life Journal, which I mentioned before, which is great for home but in terms of school and curriculum we mm. we had a hard time mm. really finding hard time. anything any data and to show what schools were doing in mm. Australia let alone around the world I mean so yeah it's really interesting um I mean, so we, you mm. know, we obviously had to collect the data ourselves and so we are still ongoing with collecting the data because mm. we're seeing results in our school and we've got results, we've got data from um, schools that are using our program. But mm. it's really, it's a really interesting question. I I was in New Zealand over Christmas and I had a conversation with a couple of New Zealand teachers over there from different um, areas mm. and they both Oh, no, there were three of them. All three of them said that New Zealand is aware of it and they their school has a push for it, but they haven't been told how to do it and they're not sure mm. how to do it. So I know countries are becoming aware of it. I know mm. the UK it's, is um, – they throw growth mindset around as well, but, again, I don't know that it's consistent across the No, I don't country. know that there's a curriculum. And, I mean, mm. you know, ACARA, our – you know, for Australia, we have the social and personal capabilities yeah. and if you don't look at them, then you don't know. You kind of know that you have to do a little bit of student well-being, but how do you do it? Is mm. there a curriculum? There's nothing in there. It just tells you what the outcomes are for the kids at particular year levels. So um, we'd like to think it'll be in the curriculum all around the world very soon. Yep. Um, we need to get our message out there. Yeah, Ab absolutely. Well, it seems like you guys are almost pioneering a bit of a movement here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to see the day that uh, you know that's integrated uh, at all mm. levels, right from sort of uh, you know that prep sort of level right the way through. And obviously, it becomes more sophisticated as we go. I just sort of wonder mm. 
how many lives could be that much better if they were given the tools oh, and techniques uh, yeah, and, and how, many, how many broken relationships, broken dreams could have been mitigated if they just <laughs> had, uh, you know, these tools and techniques. So yeah, uh, I re- really hope, I dare say, uh, that's not going to be an issue, but I really hope you guys continue to sort of push this movement because I think it should be uh, a standard part of the curriculum and hopefully Absolutely. one day it definitely will be. So I guess just sort of leveraging that question a little bit and, and often I'm accused of being a bit of an idea idealist uh, and an optimist uh, and I think that's largely a good thing but you know I sort of back to the point that's why I asked it around kids suffering in silence and sometimes mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. some people need a uh, you know a safe neutral sort of person to speak to but I sort of believe notwithstanding the cost you know it'd be great if kids had access to maybe people like yourselves or a psychologist to provide a safe neutral source to share their challenges but also gain tools and techniques to navigate life's challenges you know, what's your take on this? And in the absence of this being realistic or practical, have you got any sort of tips on getting our kids to open up about their challenges? Because I think that's that's the first step. If we can sort of get them to be open, then hopefully, mm. you know, we've got a chance to intervene in a positive way somehow. But if they don't, yeah. it can snowball in a, in, a, in a really bad fashion. So any sort of insights there? Well, I know for a fact that in both of our classrooms, the kids hear about our challenges all the time. <laughs> we are constantly telling them about our challenges that we face. And I think opening up about these challenges from the day you start with these kids it builds such a relationship built on trust, really. Our kids just, I don't know, get we give them a sense of trust yeah. and security, I suppose. So first and foremost, if you want kids to open up and talk to you about challenges as a parent or a teacher, you have to create the environment where they're safe to do so, um, they feel safe to do so. Mm. And that requires a lot of compassion, no judgment, mm. and just listening to what it is they have to say. Um, so if our kids are taught strategies in classrooms from a young age, talking about challenges becomes part of the culture. Mm. And if we create that culture in our classroom, then that has a flow and effect at home and the culture becomes that it is normal to talk about challenges. So my question is why is there such a stigma about not talking about challenge- mm. challenges and keeping them to ourselves? Um, I think as adults and perhaps perhaps it's an Aussie thing, um, that we're taught not to show when things are getting too hard and all that does is put pressure on us and mm. then we can't perform because we've just completely bashed ourselves up inside. Um, I think if kids need the extra support, then absolutely they should be able to access it. Um, but once a week with someone who's not familiar with them and doesn't have that relationship isn't as powerful as every day with someone who's a consistent in their life. Um And I know there's a lot of teachers that underestimate the power they have and the influence they have in a year. So it's it's not a long time. It's a short period of time. But they underestimate the power they have. Um, So Talk to Your Brain has been designed to be a daily program. Mm. And it's mainly discussions and it does quite often turn into a lot of storytelling from the kids and from us and sharing experiences. But it creates that environment where kids can share what is going on in their lives and how they feel and what they did to overcome that or how we can help support them in overcoming things and making them feel safe and providing with providing them with a platform is a good starting point for getting our kids to open up. We did have one of our U5 students, she was getting a bit of help from a psychologist and she mentioned that talk to your brain had had a massive impact on 
how she viewed herself and how she managed her emotions through things. And it was a significant amount of help for her using the program. Mm. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love how you sort of just flip that on its head a little bit rather than one sole external source. Invest in, in, in parents and, and invest in teachers uh, to have that ongoing everyday impact um, but also uh, just uh, sharing the importance of, you know, sharing your own challenges as parents mm. or teachers uh, to normalise oh. that so there's no negative yeah. stigma around it's, that. Absolutely. It's being vulnerable, you know, yeah. and it's, it's showing the kids that you're actually human. Like it's not, <laughs> you're not this, you know, person. I mean. And kids, they love it. Yeah. They love hearing about you. <laughs> oh, they love hearing They love hearing about when we mess up. Absolutely. And we face challenges and then how we deal with them because that's how you model how to do it. Mm. You know, or how not to do it, or how not to do it, <laughs> or how not to do it. <laughs> it, it, it exactly. So, yeah. now then, it's yeah. a good, simple insight there. That's really, really good. So, uh, we're getting to the end of the podcast, and I guess I want to throw a bit of a um, reflective question at you, Veronica. Um, knowing what you know now, obviously you've been a benefit of a lot of these learnings and insights yourself now as an mm. adult. So if you were to cast your mind back to being a 10-year-old yourself <laughs> and, you know, not knowing all this sort of cool stuff, ago. you know, just one or two years ago, yeah. <laughs> but what, what sort of tips or tricks or insights would you pass on to your 10-year-old self? Oh, look, I think the biggest thing for me as a um, – as a young one, I moved not only schools as a, I think I was about 11, so we'll, we'll skip a year. Um, <laughs> I not only moved schools, but I moved states. So we moved from New South Wales to Queensland. Um, I freaked out when my parents told me because I was leaving a group of friends behind that I had had since I was four years old and I'd be going to a new school where I knew no one and I wasn't the most outgoing person. Um, pretty out there now, but I was probably a little bit more introverted back then. Um, and I think with that big move came a lot of self-doubt. Um, I wanted to be a high school school captain and I wanted to be a leader and I wanted to do, you know, choir and I wanted to, not that I can sing very well, but I wanted to do these things, Mm. but confidence absolutely shattered me and I didn't do any of it. I came up with every excuse under the sun to not go in participating swimming carnivals mm-hmm. um, and I was a strong swimmer but I just I worried too much about what other people think and I think my biggest takeaway um, as an adult from doing this research and this work has been and I've told my kids the same thing mm-hmm. other people's opinion of you is none of your business mm. that's their opinion and you don't need to know about it who cares? If you want to do something, do it. And I think for me, as knowing that I didn't pursue a lot of things and probably wouldn't have pursued a lot of things as an adult if I didn't change my mindset, um, that is probably the biggest mm-hmm. takeaway. And I would pass it on to my 10-year-old self or 11-year-old self um, because there's, there are a few regrets that I didn't follow. But at the same time, I think I've grown from mm-hmm. knowing what I know now. And I think maybe the cool thing, you've got that context to be able to to relate to when you now mm. interact with other people going on a similar journey. If you if you didn't have yeah. you know that ability to relate to that, then you wouldn't be able to sort of uh, reason or, or or get your head around when their mindset tap. But um, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a really insightful sort of uh, recollection. You know that that tactic of avoidance to you know yeah. um, <laughs> remove yourself from you know uh, from failure Everything. but also success. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that uh, notion of other people's opinion often, you know, um, maybe from my own experience, 
that opinion that you think other people have doesn't even exist. You've just yeah, exactly. it's manifested in your own mind. You're just like, oh, you know. And, and and some years later, you're like, oh, maybe you know, I thought that you thought that. And like, no, nah, no worry at all. You know, so yeah. it, it's yeah. amazing how the brain manifests uh, in, a, in a bad way in that regard. So I think that's a, a really good insight. So um, we're just about done and dusted, unfortunately. I'd, I'd love to be doing this all day. There's uh, it's a really <laughs> interesting subject. But uh, Clarissa, can you quickly share the suite of services that um, you guys offer? Uh, and if people are interested, how do they uh, how do they reach out to you guys? And I guess mm-hmm. just a uh, bit of a du- double-barrel qu- question there as well. Um, you've touched on two other resources that I've written down here today, Big Life Journal and Carol mm-hmm. Dweck's Mindset Book. But is there any mm-hmm. other resources that us as parents uh, or children should read um, in this sort of context of growth mindset and, and where to get them? So firstly, you know, what are the sweetest services you guys offer and how do we find out more about that and reach out to you guys? And and mm-hmm. what and where do we reach out to get any other resources that could be advantageous? Cool. Um, we currently run live events um, in Brisbane. We are planning on moving to major cities in 2020. <laughs> um, we run we run the live events on different topics like conflict resolution, um, uh, self talk, um, how to manage emotions, and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So we run those for parents and teachers. Um, we do offer school professional learning opportunities for schools and for um, out-of-school hours care, so for the OSH community as well. And we'll be doing a parent workshop too. Yep, we do parent mm-hmm. workshops. Um, people can find us on talk to you, at talktoyourbrain.com. They can reach out that way. We've got in the, in the works, we've got some online webinars coming for parents and for teachers. So, you know, we as teachers, we kind of have a particular language and, you know, the language of parents is different to, you know, it's a different um, style of how we uh, use, teach, yeah, different environment. So we're really aware that parents are searching for a way to use what we have and do what we do at home. So in 2020, we're looking at creating online workshops and um, courses for parents to take them through the steps and to teach them the language and to teach them how to use these strategies at home with their kids. Um, so people need to keep an eye, an eye out for that because we know that that's a big thing that's been that's been asked for by a lot of our parents. Um, and we do have Facebook. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we we actually teach every week. We do a live every week mm-hmm. on a different topic, so parents and teachers can jump on for that. Um, and yeah, so we've got a we've got a few things in the works, but they're the main things at the moment. But we, um, as for the books, apart from Carol Dweck's Mindset Matters, that's the name of the book, Mindset Matters, mm-hmm. um, another good one would be The Whole Brain Child by Dan Segal. Um, it's a great book, very insightful. Is there anything else? There's probably heaps. Yeah. I mean, there's heaps of children's yeah, picture books. Yeah, there's a books. lot of children's mm-hmm. picture books. The Dot is a good one. The Book of Mistakes. The Book of Mistakes is a great one. I can't think of the authors at the moment. No, but you could, <laughs> you could Google the authors. Oh, The Dot is by Peter Reynolds. Yeah. Cool. Peter Reynolds, yeah. Um, yeah, The Book of Mistakes is a brilliant mm. one. But in terms of – There's all, those, those brilliant books, the um, uh, book for girls who dare yes. to be different. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, yep. a, and yes. then the boy one as well. They're yep. brilliant. Yep. No, it's yeah. awesome. Yep. Yeah, my, my, my daughter's read the uh, – 
the 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 girl version she loves it you know yeah uh, so it's really yep. good and my, my boy yeah started reading the other one and it's got stories yep. of everyone from muhammad ali to different people yeah yes. you know and all that sort of stuff so it's it's really really cool so um no well that's awesome well i really appreciate you guys taking the time um you guys are doing some wonderful stuff and i think the impact uh, that you guys are having is huge and, uh, you know, really profound. So congratulations to you guys on what you're doing. I think you should uh, keep doing what you're doing and, and take it up a gear or two, no doubt. No doubt you guys yes. have got big, big, big plans, big vision. Yep. But I think the impact yep. you guys are having is awesome. So keep up the good work. And um, Thank you. we'll obviously in the show notes uh, share all the, the materials and, and whatnot around your books and, and, and uh, link to your website. So thanks so much for joining us here today and sharing all this cool stuff. It's really, really powerful. Been awesome. Thank you. Right, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, consuming part uh, part A and part B. Uh, I know as a parent, I took a lot from it, and I'm certainly keen to find out more about this and expose my kids to more of this. So uh, in the show notes, we'll, uh, we'll have all the details about where you can reach out and find uh, the ladies uh, and also some of the resources they talked about. So really hope you enjoyed, and thanks again for tuning in.